we're just so grateful to be in your presence this morning, together with you and with each other, with this community that you've given us, Lord. And we come before you today with expectant hearts, laying down all our worries and cares at your feet, Lord. We come expecting to be filled excited for the things that you're doing and the ways that you're moving. Lord, we're excited to be a part of that. So we praise you this morning.
From you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said, the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what I have done and by what I have left undone, I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolute remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of His Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
You said asking. 
Colette. O God, who before the passion of your only begotten Son revealed his glory upon the holy mountain, grant to us that we, beholding the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Question of the children. Come on, Rowan. <laughs> children, children. That's a lot of kids. Please. Okay. Please join with me. Reach out your hands and let's pray for these kids before they head off to Sunday school. Lord, I pray that your grace and mercy would be upon all these children. Lord, that you would strengthen them, that you would reveal yourself to them. Come a little closer, James. There we go. That you bless them, Lord Jesus. Give them grace and mercy and raise them up, Lord, in your kingdom. Amen. Good morning. This morning's first lesson is from Exodus chapter 24, verses 12 through 18. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written, that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua. And Moses went up to the mountain of God, and he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. Then Moses went up to the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire, on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud, went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. The word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 99. We'll read responsibly at the asterisk. The Lord reigns. Let the people tremble. He dwells between the cherubim. Let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion. And he is high above all peoples. Let the praise of your great and awesome name be exalted. The king's strength also loves justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. Moses and Aaron were among his priests, and Samuel was among those who called upon his name. They called upon the Lord 
He spoke to them in a cloudy pillar. They kept his testimonies and the ordinance he gave them. You answered them, O Lord our God. You were to them God who forgives, though you took vengeance on their deeds. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill. For the Lord our God is holy. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Morning's second reading comes from the book of Second Peter, chapter one, starting at verse sixteen. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we were made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice, which came from heaven, when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. According to St. Matthew, glory be to thee, O Lord. St. Matthew chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, 
This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, do not be afraid. Then they had lifted up their eyes. They saw no one but Jesus only. Now as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. so thankful we can enter into your throne room Lord God and worship you you are worthy of all our praise Lord we honor and praise you today we give you Lord the first fruits of our day the first fruits of our week Lord we give you the first fruits of our lives Lord, we pray that you would just speak. Speak to us, each one, Lord God. We can hear what it is you want to say to us. And we bless your holy name. We ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love that song.
Good job, worship band. I prayed that last little part, you know, that God would speak to you just in case I can't quite get it out. <laughs> in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, St. Paul says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. On the last Sunday of Epiphany, before we start the holy season of Lent, we always read about the transfiguration, Jesus going up on the mountain with Peter and James and John. And he's transfigured before them. And there's been debate as to what, that's, what that means, transfigured, right? Was he revealing the glory of God, his pre-incarnate glory? There are some critics who say, well, the sun came up, and it was a sunrise that they saw behind Jesus. Yeah, Peter, James, and John had never seen a sunrise before. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Something happened. And it's interesting, I was, we get a chance to talk about the Transfiguration twice in a year. The last Sunday of Epiphany, and then in, I think it's in August, there's the Feast of the Transfiguration. So it must be important if it's up there twice, right? And one of the preachers that I, when I was preparing for the Feast of the Transfiguration, he says, in every manifestation of Jesus' earthly existence, he was showing forth man as God intended man to be. He didn't come to show us how God behaves. He came to show us man as God intended man to be. That was very interesting. So it makes you wonder, was it the pre-incarnate glory of God or was it the glory of man fully alive as God intended him to be? Remember it says in Hebrews, it says, What is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. Natural death is not really a thing. It's really sin is what brought death in. And Jesus didn't have that hanging over him. He didn't have sin. He didn't have death. And he said, the Lord Jesus was not held by death. He didn't have to die. He lived human life to the complete intention of God, even passing into glory without death. And this is what the apostles were chosen to witness. This is this, this uh, pastor that I, I love to read his, his, his notes and his studies because he's got some great insight. But it gives you a thought. Maybe it wasn't the pre-incarnate glory of God. Maybe it was the glory of man as he was intended to be. Or maybe he was a sunrise. Whatever, well, maybe not the sunrise part, but the other two, it, it doesn't really matter, for, really, because the point is, that's what we want to be. We want to become like Christ. That's our goal, right? That's what, um, that's what this whole life that we're living, this journey that we're on, this sanctification process, 
as I said, in, 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 or St. Paul said in Corinthians, this transformation that's happening, that's changing us from glory to glory into the likeness of our Lord Jesus. That's our ultimate goal. Last year when I was, uh, when I did the, the Feast of the Transfiguration, and I'm going back to my sermon notes from there because there was something in there that really struck me. You know, anytime you read up about the, the Feast of the Transfiguration, usually Peter gets the, uh, uh, a lot of uh, ridicule or, or made fun of. Oh, Peter. Now, it does say in Scripture, he didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> so he said, let's build three tabernacles, you know. So, yeah, he was a little, and it's interesting that they included that in the Scripture. I'm sure Peter might have said, wait a minute, do we have to put that part in? <laughs> that I didn't know what I was saying? No, it was, uh, it's the truth. It was I just part of the, the ver- kind of the uh, verification kind of process. This, if he's going to include that in there, he obviously didn't make it up. But Peter is given a hard time because he thinks that, Peter, you can't stay on top of the mountaintop all the time. You've got to come down the mountain. But maybe he wasn't so wrong. Something that he did get right is that he focused on Jesus. He focused on wanting to stay in the presence of the transfigured Christ. It's not a bad goal. You know, the entire Christian life is part of this process of an upward journey, uh, uh, an ascent, venturing further and further in. You know, C.S. Lewis says, um, further up and further in. You know, that's our real goal. So maybe it is, maybe Peter wasn't wrong to want to stay there. Maybe he wants to stay in the presence of Christ. I think I would want to stay there. Matter of fact, most of our songs today were about better to be a day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And the reality is, if we're going to stay in the presence of Christ, then we should be transformed. And that is our goal, to be transfigured ourselves. And this is a, another pastor says this. He goes, if we're not transformed, then what's the point of going back down the mountain? We'd be down there just like everybody else. And the world wouldn't be changed. No, we're supposed to change and become like Christ. So that when we do come down the mountain, when we do walk out the doors at the end of the service, we can be a light in the darkness. We are to be transformed, to become more like Christ. Remember Moses? They had to put a veil over his face. He was so bright. We want to go out there and have that. Say, being in the presence of Christ... Guys, he's here right now. He promised you to be here. We've got a little gospel candle up here that says the presence of Christ is really here. He's here in the midst of each one of us. We're in the presence of our Lord. When we go forth, we want to shine forth that same light. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but there's been some uh, interesting activities going on this last week and a half in Asbury College. Uh, right by Lexington, Kentucky. And I, I heard a couple rumors about it, and then, I don't know, something caught my eye. And so I, I looked up uh, on my YouTube, whatever, it says, the original chapel service started the Asbury Revival. Well, let's just go see what happened. What did he say? I want to I find out. Maybe I want to say it too. <laughs> you know, because something's going on there. It started February 8th at a morning chapel service in Asbury College. The, uh, the teacher, his name is Zach, and I can't say his last name. It's a, 
Nah, I can't even try it. <laughs> I thought I'd try, but I'm not. Uh, Zach gets up there, and he starts teaching, and it's part of a service about the love of Christ. Love in action, I think is what they call it. And there was nothing unusual about it. It was just kind of a normal service, 25 minutes long. He gets up there. He's not dressed in any vestments or anything. It's a charismatic, you know, Pentecostal kind of a college. And so he gets up there, and he's, he starts talking about specifically Romans, Paul's letter to the Romans. And in Romans, um, Romans chapter 12, he's going into verses 9 through 21. And 9 through 21 is a similar passage to 1 Corinthians 13. It's about love. And he talks about love. And he talks about what is love. And he, he goes through this whole thing about, I love the bagels at this place, and I love the coffee at this place. But it's not the same love as when I love my children or my wife. We use that word love and we throw it around. Let's hear what Paul says. And he reads this off and he says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. Not lagging in in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And he talks about this and he goes, In these 13 verses, there's 30 commandments about love, 30 commands about love. You think you can do that? Are you capable of doing this? And this was just his interesting thing was is we strive and we try really hard to love our neighbor. We try really hard to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and spirit. We even have a hard time really loving ourselves because we know that we probably don't deserve it. This love is so difficult. He goes, why do we strive so hard? In 1 John chapter 4, it says, verse 19, he goes, we love because he first loved us. And his main point at this chapel service was, you can't do that Romans or 1 Corinthians love. You can't follow those commands without being loved by God. And I was like, that's really interesting. That touches on something that's very important. You have to receive the love of God. And so often we think, well, we don't deserve that, or we can't, you know. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I know he loves me, but he does, does he really know me? Well, yeah, he knows you. But you've got to receive that love of God. And when you receive it, then you at least have a chance at loving, like he says, loving without hypocrisy. Because when you receive the love of God, it changes you. It affects you for the rest of your life. When I was um, in college, my father passed away in a car accident. Terribly sad. He was... We all depended on Dad. And I remember that the Lord spoke to me multiple times. And I've, I've shared before, one time he spoke to me uh, the next night. You know, He says, I will be your father. I will be your dad. I'll be who you go to. Whenever you want to ask, Dad, what if? Come to me. I'll, you know. And it was a very powerful moment. Well, later, in the next year or so, I was back in college and, uh, in Annapolis. And we, were going to, we had a little charismatic church that um, Father Lewis and Debbie... Um, we're a part of that church. Uh, for our honeymoon, I made sure we went back and you know, got to go to church there and see it. It's a great little church, still going. 
Um, but during one of the worship times, which was just a gym, you know, it's one of those multi-purpose kind of a things, and they roll out the, the chairs and the carpet and the snake and for the soundboard and all this other stuff. But during worship, I was just entering in, worshiping the Lord, right? And it's like we talk about, you know, Moses had that veil over his, over his face, but the, the, it's, that veil symbology is also used when he talks about the, the thin veil between life and death. You know, between, between here or that the thin veil called death between life and that spiritual side where we can't quite see into the spirit world. But sometimes God pulls back the veil a little bit and we get a glimpse. We get a vision or we get an insight or maybe we hear something. I didn't get a vision that morning, but I had a sense of God's love to me as my father. And it just floored me. I stepped away from the crowd, the, the, the congregation, and went around behind a thing and was just weeping. And I was like, I never imagined that he loved me that much. And it's something I'll never forget. It happened again, sitting right where Mark's sitting. And I was working with the youth. And I was just worshiping, and I was just concerned about these kids because they're just rotten. No, no, they weren't. I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. They were difficult because <laughs> they would sit on the back row and they wouldn't sing and they wouldn't participate in the service. I'm like, Lord, they don't get it. <laughs> you know, so it was, it was always frustrating. And, and I'd have this great corrective word and then we would finish the worship and we would walk over there and I would meet with the youth. And by the time I got from here over there to meet with the youth, God's like, you can't say that. <laughs> and he would change the whole message I was going to bring to them and stuff. But God was really, they, the, these youth... These, these young kids were just on my heart so much. And so I'm worshiping over there, and it's funny. Mia's sister, Gina, was in the, in the choir, and she said something to me afterwards. She goes, what happened to you? And I said, it's like God gave me a hug. <laughs> it was just so overwhelming, and I was just weeping. And, and the Lord told me, and he goes, you've got to let those kids know that that's how much I love them. No wonder he wouldn't let me correct him or yell at him. <laughs> he loved him so much. So there's been a couple times when I've experienced that love of the Lord. And I'm thinking about these kids in Asbury College. Something happened at that chapel service. And he talked about receiving the love of God and not holding back. Whatever it is, if you've been mistreated or you've been wounded or you've been hurt, whatever it is, God wants to bless you, and heal you of that. He doesn't want you to carry that burden. And he gave a simple altar call. And the video kind of stopped there. And to see what happened after that, you have to go to the live stream to see that that church, that chapel, like 600 people, is jammed full. And it's been ongoing since February 8th far as I know, to this day, 24-7, people are in that church, that chapel, worshiping the Lord and praying and singing. People are coming from around the world. It's actually to have overflow buildings all around the campus. And it's spread to other churches, other colleges. Lee College, I think it's in Cle uh, Tennessee. It's happening there. One of our... Um, 
friends at our church in Selma, uh, Craig and TC, their daughter was up there for a visit because I think she's going to go to that college. And she gave testimony. She went to Lee College, and it's happening there. These kids are just crying out to the Lord. They won't leave because they're in the presence of the Lord. They're experiencing something that's just changing them. They don't want to leave the mountaintop like Peter. And I don't know how long it's going to go on. It happened in Asbury in 1970. The same thing happened. It went for days. I don't know how long it went, but for a long time, a huge revival thing happened. And there was a lot of fruit that came out of that. And they're seeing right now, people are coming from all around the world are traveling. I think, if I remember right, I think Uncle Ken is planning, uh, Debbie said that he and Ken were going there this Wednesday to go see it, to go be in the presence of the Lord. It's very interesting what God's doing right now. He wants to touch people's lives. He wants to reveal himself to them, especially how much he loves them. We've got such a great testimony from our youth retreat. The Lord is with us. Last week, we got a great testimony from our beautiful Jane. Beautiful, lovely. What I, there's a lot of things I could say about you, Jane. You're working with us out there with the society, uh, feeding the poor all the time, and just got a great heart. And so when you came forward, and I told you afterwards, it just seemed like there was such an anointing on you. I know you were very nervous, <laughs> but you did such a great job of sharing a testimony of, I don't know if you were here or not, but we had a Tuesday night youth meeting, and Thomas asked me to come and do a Eucharist because they didn't get to do a Eucharist up at the retreat. And after the Eucharist, we said, does anybody, you know, we just kind of sensed maybe people need prayer for healing or anything else. And Jane came forward and said, I've got this uh, vertigo that has been, you know, for like three years. And when I lay down to go to sleep, if I'm on my left side, it's just, it's terrible. And it's a family thing. I know Father Jim has had vertigo from it. Elizabeth has had vertigo. But Jane said that she just, you know, she just asked for prayer for it. And we prayed. She goes, that night her ear felt kind of weird and she rolled over and there was no vertigo. And her testimony was that for the whole rest of the week, no vertigo. She was able to sleep on her left side. Which is a great testimony, right? That God can bring healing and, and wants to do it. But what touched me was the prophetic little encouragement she gave after that. She said she felt like when the reason this, this testimony was so powerful, she goes, I just had always thought that this was something I would just have to live with. I would just have to deal with it. God, I give you everything, but this is just something I have to deal with. What's that phrase we always use? This is my cross to bear, right? That was kind of her mindset. And she goes, that's not what the Lord wants. He wants to redeem every part of your life. He wants to bring healing. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to be healed every time. We don't know how that all works out. But we know that God is, wants to, he wants you to bring everything to him. And then let him sort it out. And her testimony was, that there are people here who have some kind of physical pain or emotional pain or anxiety or stress, relational pain, whatever it is, you need to know that God can and will redeem that situation, whatever it is. But you don't need to just think, I'm just stuck with it. That's all it is. 
And I thought that was a very interesting and um, a good encouragement for all of us. Not to think that, God, I'll give you this much, but this little thing, I'm just going to hang on to this. Sometimes it's like unforgiveness. Because you're just going to want to hang on to that. You don't want to let that go. I know I've had to deal with that in my life. As I'm sure probably everybody else here has had that kind of situation where somebody's hurt you. It's just like the, that Zach at Asbury. Somebody has done something in the name of love that really wasn't love. God wants to deliver you from that. You don't have to carry that burden. Bring it to the Lord. In her testimony, what Jane was sharing was that she had experienced the healing presence of the Lord. She also had shared before that she had experienced the Holy Spirit in such a powerful way up in that retreat. That experience of God's love is for all of us. And as I was watching this thing with Asbury, watching it online, you can watch the live stream. It's like, keeps going. <laughs> I'm thinking, it's funny, I said this to Eric, and he's not here, so I don't have to pay him $5 for mentioning his name. But Eric, when I talked about these kids who just stayed at the chapel, you know, they, they finished the service, they had a little few songs, and they had some confession and stuff, and then they went to lunch, except there were a group of them that just stayed there. Then they, somebody said, hey, these guys stayed at the chapel. There's, there's something else going on. And kids kept coming back, and they jammed the place out. And Eric goes, yeah, they've got no responsibility. They can stay there. <laughs> and they, that's true. That's true. They don't have to go to work the next day. And the, fortunately, Asbury's, um, the, their faculty and, and the head of the schools and stuff like that has been very, uh, try to use as much wisdom as possible. You know, they're trying to steward this thing so that it keeps going. They rotate through worship bands, and there's a lot of things that are going on with that, and we don't have to worry about that. But the question is, if the Holy Spirit were to come here today, how long would you be willing to stay? How much of your day are you willing to give up to the Lord? And that's a, a question that really it goes to, like James, what she's saying is, what are you willing to give up to me, to the Lord? Do you still have some things you're trying to hang on to that you don't want to let go? And I think the Lord wants to touch all of us here. I think he wants to do some things here. I don't know if he wants to do an Asbury kind of revival meeting here or not. But I know that he wants to show you how much he loves you. And that he does it all the time. And the call on us as we go into this Lenten season is just to press in and to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want from me? And ask yourself, what are you willing to give? What do you want from the Lord? Because this Lenten season is an opportunity to spend time with the Lord, either through fasting or through prayer, to lay some things down. And you want the Lord to come in and to minister to you. Because once you've experienced the love of God, you'll not forget it. It will change you. You can be released from a lot of those burdens that you're carrying. Fear. Anxiety. Bitterness. Those are definitely things that God does not want you to bear. He wants you to let those things go. And to receive the love of God. In um, 
our second lesson, our New Testament lesson today, St. Peter referred back to that time on the mountain. And it was just an amazing thing. And you think, okay, why did they, why was it so important that they got to see the transfigured Christ, right? Well, we've talked a little bit about it here. But St. Peter says this, he goes, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We saw it with our own eyes. That was such a powerful thing. Even in our court systems, an eyewitness has power. I saw it with my own eyes. The transfigured Christ. And then later, I saw it with my own eyes. He was raised from the dead. There's something about experiencing the Lord. And there's a lot of people who have never experienced the Lord. Not in that way. Not in that that love of Christ. And so I encourage you during this Lenten season, cry out to the Lord. Get real. And say, Lord, I want to experience your love. And then be willing, be willing to receive it. Let it change your heart. Let it take away whatever that burden is that you're carrying. Let it draw you up into the throne room of God and to worship the Lord. Because God wants you to be free. Amen? You stand. Let's uh, say together our creed. I believe in one One God, God, the Father Father Almighty, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being what substance with the Father, by whom all things remain, who for us meant for our salvation, came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man, crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and is seated on the right hand of the Father, And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken to the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Peace of the Lord be always with you. And with your spirit. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace of God. Peace. Good word. Peace. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Didn't say that before.
All right, our announcements are up on the screens, I believe. First of all, Pancake Supper is coming up Thursday or Tuesday, 6.30. Looking forward to that, and Michael House is in charge of that. I think Father Jim is here to help him out, too, this week. We want to make it to that, for sure. Ash Wednesday, two services, 8 a.m., 7 p.m. And then we're going to be having confession throughout the uh, Lenten season and 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Saturdays. And then finally, there's a women's meeting at 10 a.m. on the 4th of March. See Mia Harris or Debbie Powell for that. And then uh, society, uh, please uh, join us tomorrow as uh, we help out the uh, needy in our neighborhood. Thank you. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Grave I was in you 
This is the table of the Lord. It's made ready for those who love him, for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith, you who have little, you who've been here often, and you who haven't been here long. You who tried to follow and you who failed. You come because it's the Lord who invites you. It's his will that those who want him should meet him here. Come this morning to the table. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all powerful and ever living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you've caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ your Lord. And so with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory, and we join in their unending hymn of praise.
Lord, you're holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy, so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he's given up to death, and death he freely accepted. He took bread, he gave you thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks and praise. He gave it to them, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is the blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. And Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world and make us grow in love, together with our patriarch Craig and all of the clergy. Remember those who are sick and firm in spirit, soul, or body. We hold up this day, Susan, Naomi, Sonia, Sandra, Karen and Tammy and David, Mel, Nancy and Jerry, Liliana, the Marines and sailors at Camp Pendleton, and all those who serve in our armed services. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken. And as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed, become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and the martyrs, all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, so we have courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah, Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the peace. Hallelujah. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us thy peace. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who were called to the supper of the Lamb. Body of Christ. Blood of Christ. Body of Christ.
about joining with heaven's song that there's an invasion of joy that god wants to bring 
He wants to bring the type of joy that's not, uh, you know, rah, rah, re, re, we're all okay, but the type of joy that breaks off chains. The type of joy that it says, it's the joy of the Lord that's my strength. And even as dad was preaching um, about receiving the love of God, I just think that there's something that needs to happen in this room even today. And so if you're feeling like you just don't know the love of God, you haven't felt the love of God, you're feeling weighed down or burdened, or if you're feeling exhausted by the world, well, it's the love of God and the joy of the Lord that strengthens us, that calls us forth, that gives us our identity. So I just was going to ask if anybody wanted to come forward and receive prayer. And Ari was just saying, as, as she heard during the worship, that heaven was saying, uh, reach forth and hug, and I will hug you. And there's a sense in this day where God is here. And so you have to take the step out. You have to reach forth. And God is here to meet you, to lift those burdens, to give you his love and his joy. So if anybody wants to come forward and receive prayer for that, you can do so now. Oh. Does anybody else have a word that they want to share as we begin this? Okay. Today before church, some of us got invited to just pray over the service, and as we were praying, God just gave me a word to share with all of you, and this isn't just a building, this isn't just a place to practice the liturgy, this is a refuge, and this is a shelter that God wants you to know that you can come to whenever you need it. Um, I think it's just so amazing that, you know, society is just taking off, and like, we're feeding the poor, but God wants you to come here um, to be filled up. Like the poor in spirit need to be filled up. And if you're poor in spirit, he's just ready to give you all that he has. Um, he loves you. And like just everything that people have been saying today, all the worship, everything, like he just wants you to receive it. And these doors are open. Jesse said chains are broken. These doors are open. He wants you to come. He's inviting you if you will receive it. And yeah, just if you're poor in spirit, come and receive. And that's what he has for you. Thanks be to God. When we were singing earlier this morning, I've never felt so surrounded by love. And not just love, but just everybody who's gone before us. And I just felt so like almost like a feather blanket around me. It's just so comfortable. And and I wasn't hearing the niggling little voices that try to distract me when I'm singing. I felt like I was just so able to join in. And I thought, gosh, this is like heaven. And then I realized, I mean, we always say it, we've read it, you know, heaven, the kingdom's at hand. So we're not in heaven, but heaven is at hand. And God just wants you to you can join in anytime. It's there for you. He's not withholding that from you. And um, when Jesse was just talking a minute ago, I just got this. I would just like to give someone a hug from the Lord. And then Ari came up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, how embarrassing. I have to go say that now. But if you need a hug from the Lord, I will give you one because I think I can.
there was an outbreak here of the Holy Spirit coming and this morning and as we prayed before the service I really sensed that if we press in it'll bring the release and so I tell you what uh, the release is here the release is here just receive it participate in it and uh, we need to be really wide open there's just a fresh anointing the Holy Spirit he's bringing to us at St. Michael's and ironically or not it seems to be coming through the young people and that's the most exciting part of it all there's enough of us oldsters around here to keep you in line but uh, you need to really really just uh, stretch out no it's a it's a particular moment in God and uh, be fearless I just uh so I want to thank Jane. She's the one who actually cracked it open and uh, began the whole process. She hadn't. Who knows? I guess we'd still be muddling along. But uh, praise be to God. Let us pray together. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking the ruin of our souls. Remember the gospel, God was in Christ Jesus reconciling. Reconciling the world to himself and not counting men's sins against them. He loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad at us. And he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain the always. Amen.
And you 